Africa Calling, a bi-monthly podcast with sound-rich reports from our correspondents on the continent. African Voices reporting on African stories produced by Radio France International. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Africa Calling podcast on September 3rd, 2021. I'm Laura Angela Bagnetto. This season, we'll be bringing you feature stories every other week from as many African countries as possible. We continue with our focus on reports from the field, where our African correspondents delve deeper into subjects that go beyond the headlines. We have a number of stories from our correspondents on the African continent this week, including how one musician is trying to promote protecting Malawi's Mount Mulanji. Plus, we'll take a look at Mbuzi Moja Afiabora, or One Goat, Good Health a Kenyan healthcare insurance initiative for pastoralists in the rural areas. And a report from Buya, Cameroon, where lack of water is making living conditions difficult in this regional capital. And finally, don't forget our special song at the end. Africa Calling. In Malawi, Mulanji Mountain, the highest point in the country, rises more than 3,000 meters above sea level. Created as a forest reserve in 1927, its unique natural structure, home to species of animal and wood only found there, is under threat from human encroachment and deforestation. Lawi, a Malawian jazz musician, decided to trek to the top in order to call attention to preserving the mountain. Last weekend, Africa Calling correspondent Charles Pensulo joined 100 environmental enthusiasts who hiked with an aim to protect the mountain by any means possible. These are the sounds of footsteps of dozens of people skating through the tracks of Mulanje Mountain. The people are from different walks of life, but they all have one thing in common, the love for the mountain. Mulanje is one of Southern Africa's critical hotspots. The large rocky mountain, commonly referred to as an island in the sky, has been under official protection since 1927. But severe deforestation and degradation is still taking place and has led to the sharp decline of flora and fauna that cannot be found anywhere else in the world. When Lawi, a popular Malawian Afro-jazz artist, put out a call for people to join him on a trek up the mountain, the response was overwhelming. Earlier this year, Lai was appointed the official ambassador for the mountain by Mulanje Mountain Conservation Trust, MMCT, a body that protects and promotes the biosphere of the natural resource. Lawi explains why he decided to lead the hike. I'm very excited because today is such a big day because um, we not only managed to go up Mulanje Mountain uh, to send very important messages about conserving and protecting our natural resources and environment, um, but we also were privileged to be joined by the um, Honorable Minister for Tourism and and Wildlife and and Culture. I really believe that um, this mountain, as big and as beautiful as it is, it does not need a human being to speak for it. So it was really an honor for me um, uh, when they um, 
approached me and, and told me that they were considering making me ambassador for this mountain. Um, nature speaks, and it speaks very louder than my voice could. And um, I really believe that uh, the mistakes that we have made as humans are what have led to the current state in which our natural resources are. And it is time for us as human beings to take responsibility for the mess that we have caused because we have done a lot of damage. But is there any relationship between music and nature? Lau thinks these two are inseparable. Um, so you see, it is very difficult for you to separate music and nature because um, as, a, as an artist, as a musician, I'm inspired by, by nature. Um, when I want to write, I mean, listen to the background here. Um, there's birds, there's, there's the sound of water um, um, coming down um, the mountain and hitting rocks. And th this is a beautiful uh, feeling um, um, that I have. Um, and, and I know I can write music not just for now, but for thousands of generations to come. And um, also, on the other hand, you will notice that... Um, the relationship between music and, and nature deepens uh, because we develop music instruments from natural uh, uh, products. Hiking a mountain as big as Mulanje is already hard. With 100 people, it becomes even harder. The hike started with a one big group going up the gentle slopes through the forest with radiant faces and friendly chars. But as time went by, and the slopes become steeper, the people drifted apart, forming small groups each according to their stamina. Slowly, the forest raid to rocky peaks, high grasslands, deep gorges, and powerful rivers as we gained more ground. The sound of birds and insects filled the air. The peaks are steepy and rocky and range in difficulty from moderate hikes to technical scrambles. After almost five hours of walking with occasional race and snacks, the group stopped at Gisebo Hut for a night. This is one of the ten huts on the mountain that provides shelter for all hikers before proceeding to the highest peak. It will take another three hours the following day of navigating through the boulders and an occasion crawling on all four to reach Sapitwa, the peak. During the journey, the hikers reflected on why the mountain needs to be saved. My name is Wasiri Chibalaka and I'm 29 years old. And the reason that I decided to take part in this event uh, was we have grown up hearing stories about Mulanje and how the mountain is to be. But now the situation has changed. Uh, the trees that used to to be unique to the mountain, they have now been cut down. So when I heard when I heard that there are guys who are trying to come up with an initiative uh, that will help conserve the status of our mountain, I decided it's a good event. I should be part of it. Others consider it part of their national heritage. My name is Zipora Kaunda from Blantyre. I'm in my 30s. The whole purpose I took 
I participated in this hike was because of the theme that came up to say saving Mount Mulanje. I believe this is our treasure in Malawi and in other parts of Southern Africa. We have this mountain with the highest peak of around 3,002 feet above sea level. So it's, an, uh, it's a tourist attraction area. For those who really like hiking, this is the best place to come and experience. Kondwani Chamuala, Information, Education and Communication Officer for the Conservation, told us this is not how the mountain has always been. There's been drastic change. Yes, um, uh, looking at the biodiversity, more especially trees which, which are around the mountain and even on top of the mountain. Mulanje um, Mountain, um, in, 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 in short, it, is, it has got unique species that are not found anywhere else in the world. These types of animal and plant species are about 250 to 500 unique species. Oh, and, the, and one of them is the famous Mulanje cedar. Um, this one is, um, we, we, we call it Malawi's national tree. And the, <coughs> it occurs naturally. On Mount Mulanji. So at the moment, we don't have um, uh, enough cedar that can produce cones so that we can uh, continue planting on the, on the, on the mountain. Uh, just to give an idea, in 2014, we had about 63,000 uh, Mulanji cedar um, uh, seedling, uh, Mulanji, Mulanji, mature Mulanji cedar. Uh, but by 2018, we had, we had uh, less than 10. Um, mature cedar. We had the young cedars around, but the ones which could produce corn, um, were the cedar was um, the cedars were about less than ten. Timber from Molange cedar is highly sought after for its qualities. Its wood is poisonous to termites and also does not rot easily. And loggers have been stepping in to profit from the trees. However. Jamala added that the charcoal burning and encroachment are also factors that have put the forest in danger. To address this, MMCT engaged the surrounding villages by providing financial incentives to plant cedar trees and protect them. A record figure of 800 trees have been planted to help the reserve. Michael Usi, Minister of Tourism, Wildlife and Culture, also took part in the event. Addressing some of the concerns raised by the people, he said the government is passionate about the environment and that actions will be taken. Mulanje Mountain is one of the most beautiful physical features of Malawi. It's one of the God-given resources that if well-natured, Malawi can reap significant dividends. And therefore, the organization of this adventure by Lawi is very commendable. And I'm very happy that I have participated. I asked Minister Usi what he would like to see after the hike. An immediate stop to any behavior that destroys the beauty of Nudge Mountain in whatever form. And I know... There are going to be action plans, action steps that are going to be undertaken by government because I am here to make sure that nobody, when I say nobody, I mean nobody, is allowed 
to destroy the beauty of Mnanji Mountain. At the top of Mount Molange, Lawi performs one of his hits, the whistling song. After the fireside stories, discussions and performers, participants spent the night at a campsite in the shadow of the peak before hiking back down the mountain. The whole trip took three days, but the organizers are confident that this event will be the beginning of raising awareness in order to protect Malawi's natural heritage. For RFI's Africa Calling in Mulanje, this is Charles Penslow. Africa Calling, produced by Radio France International. The city of Buya in the southwest region of Cameroon is currently facing a water crisis. Residents in some parts of the regional capital have been without running water in their homes. As water is an essential part of daily life, some enterprising businessmen have resorted to buying and selling water to the needy population. While some can afford to buy water, others turn to nearby streams to help themselves. And the COVID-19 pandemic has made maintaining effective hygiene even more critical. Africa Calling correspondent Batata Boris Karloff looks into the water issues with this story from Buya. Here is a sound of water being poured into containers in one of the municipalities in Moliko Buya. Water is scarce here, and this is one of the few ways to buy water through an independent water seller who trucks the water into neighborhoods for sale. They are called truck pushers. Josiane Kinyoy, a university student, ordered water. After filling her containers, she pays a truck pusher. Kinyoy says she doesn't trust the source of the water she buys, but she doesn't have a lot of choice. Yes, we have really been facing um, the scarcity of water. Yes, let me put it that way. Meanwhile, some of us, we are suffering on how to get water. People are actually taking advantage of this scarcity and making money. Given the fact that to buy just a container of water is us, let me say you trek to go uh, wherever you want to buy the water coming back. So you just have to look for these truck pushers. Maybe they can bring five or six containers, you give them 1,000 francs, and that water can last almost three to four days. So in a week, you can buy water at least two times, that is 2,000 francs, which is more costly. If you have to buy like that for one year, I think that's really much money. This is the sound of a truck carrying empty containers. Franklin, the truck pusher, sold all his water, but residents ordered for more. So he goes and gets more water. Moliko Boya is considered the lungs of Boya because it has larger percentage of the population compared to other neighborhoods. This area has most of the business centers and schools too. Truck pushers are making good money from their water supply business. Yeah, actually... 
I do what I like a part-time. As a part-time worker, I can make between 2,000 and 2,500 francs every day if my customers call me regularly. But my colleagues who have steady business can make 9 or 10,000 francs each day. We buy this water from a borehole drilled by people who have decided to invest in the business. The prices we offer to clients vary based on where they live. In terms of distance, a gallon of water can cost one or two hundred francs, but the lowest price of water in Moliko is 150 francs. The one from I the one we do be now is going through. We do be some few meters away from the from the top. Yes. So now so we take home. Although truck pusher Franklin knows he is benefiting from the water crisis, he feels for the students who are forced to buy water like this. The water crisis in Boya has helped us truck pushers to earn a living. But at the same time, we sympathize with students who buy water because it's not normal for students to be buying water. It's a free commodity given by nature. When students come, they have a lot of expenses, from books to rent. We feel for them, even though we get their money. Actually, it's a means of livelihood, since some of us have gone to school and there is no work. That's why we're pushing trucks. So we plead with the government to look into this situation. Emerencia Fosso, a young woman, uses sand from the water to wash her 20-liter gallon jerry can before fetching water. The stream, which the locals call Mr. Peter Water, serves as a source of water for the population of Bumaka. They fetch for drinking and for other domestic purposes. Fosso has been battling with the situation since moving here four years ago. This one is my bathing water. When I go and I feel a supu, I will bang my neighbor's water. <laughs> if you go behind my house, my, my drum is there. I'm waiting for rain. I'm the one praying for this girl. This is mother everybody. When I carry this one now like this, I'm just going to bed. At times, if I had water, I do bed even four times, two times. But now I can't tell you lies. I will bed once and it is okay. I don't have any option. I don't, I don't have the strength to be coming here. And then go back. It's very difficult. To wash dresses also is something that is very difficult. Like me, I have been here for over, I think, four years. This should be the second time of me coming to fresh water here because I am so tired. I cannot be transferring to people's houses because of water crisis. I can't be going to people's houses. The absence of portable water does not only disturb domestic life, also affecting businesses. Fosu has a salon. As a hairstylist, she affirms that she makes less money due to the lack of water. I have challenges in my salon because I fetch water from here to go and do people's hair. Like now, one lady came that she wants to product her hair. I just told her that I can't because of the distance of the water. It's not easy for me to go along with it. So I just told the woman that I will not be able to do it. Let her try somewhere else. It's really causing me to lose finance. Because even if I come here to fetch water to go and do her hair, before getting home, I'm already tired. I can't really proceed with the work. I've been losing customers. Some who actually want to wash their hair, dry it, there is no way for me to, do, to, to dry their hair. So I don't really know what I can see. It is holiday period in Cameroon. 
and parents send their children to the stream to get water. Water shortage hits Boya at a point when the wall is faced with a health crisis, COVID-19, and one of the prescribed guidelines against the virus is to wash hands regularly with soap and clean running water. For some residents in Boya, keeping to this guideline is not feasible. Student Josiane Kinyo explains. I can say that the, for that one, it's already a failed strategy because given the water scarcity we are currently facing here, you even notice that the buckets, the, 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 the junctions or points where uh, buckets were placed for people to wash their hands, if one should notice, you not even see those buckets there again. The only thing left is the sanitizer, and which is really advisable to wash the hands because the whole of Moliko is, is really scarce to see a bucket now with water for you to wash your hands. No, that one, I really cannot even remember when last I saw the bucket around. So scarcity, you see that it's not just uh, only affecting us, but the coronavirus measures too. So it's really actually bringing a lot of problems. I don't know. For the past close to four months, we have not had water in our city. And this is Moliko, a student area. And I want to say that Moliko carries the heart of Boya in terms of population, which I think the uh, priority has to be given, yes. But you look at this area, I, I can say almost the entire Moliko uh, is facing this uh, scarcity of water stuff. Sound of pumping from pipes for eventual distribution at the regional office of Kamwata, the body in charge of distributing water to the population. Malomba Esembe, the member of Cameroon's parliament for Boya Urban Constituency, visit the site to inquire on behalf of the population. <laughs> Honorable Esembe told Africa calling of his findings from Kamwata officials. Although Moliko Boya has been suffering from inconsistent water supply for the past four years, the recent accident caused by a new or energy of Cameroon, he says the government is working on a long-term solution. He also brought to my attention the fact that around Moliko, checkpoint going down to your right, down to the university, works that were being done by a new to fit concrete pipes led to the destruction of one of the main pipes that supplies water down towards that area. At their level, like they've shown me, they've prepared an, an estimate of the repairs to be done, which has to be uh, sponsored by a new, which did the destruction, if I will say it that way. And right now, all they are waiting for is for a new to, to comply. I'm taking the pains to give out this information so that we should be rest assured that the problem is being taken very seriously by the officials here at Camwater. There is also the authorization the head of state had given since last year for a loan with the Exim Bank of China to expand the water supply and distribution in Boya, Tiko and Mutengene areas, which will, among other things, see the construction of such a treatment site in Mutengene. So the government is doing what has to be done. Kamwata, which is in charge of implementing government's policy, is not sleeping. The people of Buya, especially those in Moleko, are going through tough times with no water access. They can only hope authorities restore normalcy to the issue so that life can move on on the capital city of the southwest region, Cameroon. Reporting for African Calling, this is Batata Boris Kalov in Boya.
Find us on your favorite podcast platform app, including iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. In Kenya, access to good health services has been a major challenge for thousands of Kenyans, especially those living in arid and semi-arid areas. These areas lack hospitals, good infrastructure, and other medical facilities for the rural population. But in Kajado County, just outside of Nairobi and bordering Tanzania, nomads and pastoralists have now been starting to benefit from Buzi Moja Afia Bora initiative, or One Goat, Good Health. The idea is to encourage pastoralists into the scheme by talking to them in a language they understand, goats. Our correspondent, Victor Maturi, reports from Kijado County with more on this story. We are at Bissell Livestock Market, located in Kajado County, south of Kenya's capital, Nairobi. Here, apart from selling goats, sheep, and cattle, farmers are also benefiting from Buzimoja Afebora program. Buzimoja Afebora is a soil word translating to one goat, good health. This is an initiative by the county government of Kajado to convince the pastoralist community in the area to register into health insurance program by the Kenyan government known as the National Health Insurance Fund, NHIF. Farmers are advised to register using a goat. Simon Saidemo is a pastoralist and a father of four children. He has been under this program for one year now. Since I joined the Mbuzi Moja Afia Bora initiative, I've seen many benefits, and I can say it's a good approach by our local government. Now I have the National Health Insurance Card, the NHIF, and when I go to hospital, I get good services. My wife and four children are also covered, so in total, we are six family members, and it has helped us a lot. Goats are collected on a specific day by the county government of Kajiado, then sold at the market. The amount is then channeled into health insurance accounts of pastoralists. The estimated cost of the insurance fund in Kenya is 500 Kenyan shillings, or roughly 4 euros per month, and the annual cover is about 6,000 Kenyan shillings, or 46 euros, which is estimated market price of a single goat in Kenya that equals the annual NHIF cover. The program is common among pastoralists like Thomas Capay from Bissell Village who could not afford 500 Kenyan shillings per month for the medical insurance cover. My child got sick and we took him to Kajado Hospital. Then we were referred to Kenyatta National Hospital in Nairobi. The child was admitted for one month and there was a huge bill. We processed the NHIF card and the bill was cleared. So if I wasn't registered, we couldn't pay the money. However, I urge the government to put an office around here to register more people. The category of those who qualify for the Mbuzimoja Afebora initiative include pastoralists with less than 10 goats and 5 cows, poor people living with HIV AIDS, children of imprisoned parents, unemployed, widows, those willing to participate in the insurance fund and the universal health care, and those who are chronically ill. However, according to Namunyaka Noladi, a mother of six children, she did not register for the initiative since her family gets free medical treatment from a nearby dispensary, but she is thinking about it. This program is for those people with chronic diseases and those who are hospitalized. 
When my children get sick, I go to a nearby dispensary or clinic and I receive treatment free of charge. But since the economy is getting tough and the number of my goats has reduced, I will get a chance to register to help me in the future. Kajiado County official says since its inception in 2018, the initiative has benefited more than 5,000 nomads in Rift Valley counties of Kenya, especially in Kajiado and Naroko counties, which are ideal homes to the Maasai community whose main economic activity is pastoralism. According to Samson Saigilu, the County Director of Health Services, the initiative provides the beneficiaries with a readily available alternative to help communities which mostly believe in herbal medicine to afford health insurance and also encourage them to visit hospitals. We actually realized that our community members are losing uh, uh, the parcels of land because of medical bills. We've also realized that uh, there are so many uh, fundraisings or harabies in our communities where our community members are just sitting and having uh, engagements or gathering to see how they can raise medical bills uh, for anyone who is uh, having a condition or sick or who is hospitalized, uh, especially even those people with chronic diseases. But uh, when uh, our governor came up with that initiative back in 2018, we've actually Uh, recorded very pretty good uh, success stories uh, from uh, uh, Kajado County uh, residents where we were actually targeting uh, those people who have never been registered for NHL. Unlike other residents in remote areas, most of those who live in urban centers within Kajado and Naroko counties have not benefited from this initiative. Mr. Alamin Kayeya Tanda a cardiac patient who is also a village elder in Gongsap County tells African calling that it's now nine months since he was registered but he has not received his health insurance card. I got a text message from the ward administrator and when I arrived there, yes, names were on the register but there were no cards, not even mine. I visited the National Health Insurance Fund office in Rongai and I was told to wait. Then I decided to go to the National Health Fund headquarters, and I was told there were no materials to print the cards. I think the problem is not at the county level. The problem is at the headquarters of the National Health Insurance Fund. Tanzania is also adopting the initiative as Kenya's Kajado and Naroko counties borders the Swahili-speaking nation, where Masai's too also live. Samson Saigilu. The Kajado County Director of Health Services says after one year, the renewal of membership is done the same way as registration with an option of a goat or other alternatives like cash. We were telling people for the first year you get the goat, but in the subsequent years you need to go and pay NHIF for your own self. And that people are actually doing that right now. But for those people who are in urban areas where they cannot actually get a goat, we were telling them you get 3000 deposit there was a, a bank account from Mzimoja Fiabora deposit that money into that bank account you get as a receipt uh, the deposit slip then we we enter you into the system for payment then the county will top up the 3000 can shillings to cover for a whole year
diseases such as diarrhea, pneumonia, hypertension, diabetes, ear infection, skin infections, respiratory diseases are common in arid and semi-arid areas like Kajiado and its neighborhood counties. Lack of good infrastructure is a challenge reaching more people, especially in remote areas. Saigulu says that have had to adjust this program to make sure they include all who qualify. We uh, were actually advising uh, community members to pick a facility that uh, is very convenient for them. You can pick a facility because at the end of the day, it's NHI, it's not a different entity. If you choose a facility for outpatient services, if you go to inpatient, you can go to any facility. And one of the key challenges was actually <laughs> transportation, uh, transportation of uh, the shops, the goods and ship, uh, because you have to get them to one action point. And the other thing is, actually, is also members giving uh, uh, the ill, you know, ill uh, ships and goods. <laughs> so I think uh, some other community members did not really have good motive. So we actually lost uh, a few uh, uh, shops. As the pastoralists in Kajado counties and its environs continue to benefit from Buzimoja Afebora program, health experts are urging the government to shift towards universal health care, UHC, where all people are entitled to access quality and affordable health care, as per Kenya's Vision 2030 promise. Reporting for Arafa is African Calling, this is Victor Muturi in Kajado County, Kenya. Check us out on Twitter, Africa underscore underscore calling. We're at Africa underscore underscore calling. We're almost at the end of our program and we have a great song for you. If you're listening from Kenya, you might have already heard this beautiful singer on the radio. We're talking about Nadia Mukami. Known for her lovely melodies and Swahili lyrics, Nadia has garnered a number of nominations for other singles, such as Kesi and Sio Rahisi. Just this year, she earned her first MTV Africa Music Awards nomination. Take a listen to Kolo by Nadia Mukami, featuring rapper Otil Brown. Thanks for listening to Season 2, Episode 1 of Africa Calling. We'll leave you with the fabulous sounds of Nadia Mukami. Stay tuned for our next podcast on Friday, September 17th, where we'll be featuring Hollywood, the film industry in Cameroon, as well as fishing woes in Kalemi, Eastern DR Congo, and much more. I'm Laura Angela Bagnetto. This episode was edited and recorded by Erwan Rome and Nicolas Doro. Goodbye for now.
Just like I am. 